But um, it really is good to see you on Christmas Day. What a beautiful day to celebrate. And um, the giving of gifts is a, is a phenomenal thing to think about. And I thought, hey, where, where did that come from? So I went to my mind of information called Wikipedia. And I mean, you can believe everything on there. And it seems that the giving of gifts, obviously as Christianity grew through the world, the giving of gifts became a very common custom. But it seems like around 336 AD, that the 25th of December was the day that was settled on. And it was kind of, it became established, established as they, that was the day that Jesus' birth was, was celebrated. And uh, the tradition of giving gifts uh, kind of was tied to the story of the Magi. There weren't three Magi, remember? The Bible just says they gave three gifts. So you assume that there were three Magi, but there was just, we don't know how many Magi there were. But there were three gifts that they gave. But the giving of the gifts came through the Magi. And then, of course, the old story of St. Nicholas, the 4th century bishop and gift giver, who was actually a real person, came to be. And slowly became part of the Christmas celebrations in Christian countries. So this is kind of the, the evolution of giving gifts. And then the practice of gift, um, gift giving occurring in early Advent in, with St. Saint Nic Saint Nicholas Day. So it was originally the 6th of December that it started. And then slowly but surely moved to the 25th of December as this kind of tradition started. But what's incredible is that some where along the line, Christian kings interpreted the story that their subjects should give them gifts, that actually gifts were to be given to their superiors and insisted that tributes and tithes get given to the superiors. Interesting, eh? And um, around the 900s, this changed. And with the story particularly of good king Wenceslas, remember the old Christmas carol? And um, what happened was this king went around and took a long journey and took gifts to the poor. And this kind of, this story got kind of immortalized and put into, into practice. And eventually gifts became giving to the poor. And in fact, Boxing Day, which is kind of a very English tradition, Boxing Day was a box that was given to the poor. So... Boxing Day is not a, play, not, a, not a day that cricket happens. It's a day that actually originally happened with um, giving of gifts to the poor, collection and putting a box together. And so even today you hear people, where's my Christmas box? It's because the Boxing Day was the day that it was, uh, gifts were given to the poor. But the reality is, at the end of the day, this tradition of giving gifts was given, was kind of put into practice for this day. And the wonderful thing is this, and the world has taken it all sorts of places, it's become all about giving gifts, but the reality is it's meant to be commemorating and celebrating the greatest gift that we ever did receive in the person of Christ. And so right through the ages, there's been this kind of evolution of what the day and, the, and how and who got gifts and all those sorts of things, but in reality, in scriptures, the truth of it is 2,000 years ago, today, we celebrate, not on this very day, but today we celebrate the day that God gave humanity a gift. And so we start today a new little series, mini-series for four weeks on John chapter 3, verse 16. 
And so let's read this, and I want to talk about the gift of life that we are given. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's probably the most quoted scripture ever. Most read scripture, most quoted scripture ever. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal love. There's four things in that text that on this day of Christmas that we celebrate that I want to mention today very quickly. The first is this. On Christmas Day, we celebrate the mission of God that is given, that is a gift of eternal life. The mission of God is a gift of eternal life. You could say it of this, the mission of God is the gift of salvation. What salvation actually is, is the giving of eternal life. And there's two aspects I want to, I want to emphasize in that. First of all, it's the giving and it's eternal life. Let's start with the life part. That text says this. Jesus, God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So there's, that, there's, the, there's this difference there between perishing and eternal life. Perishing means dying. That you will not die, that you will not continue dying, that you will not perish but rather have eternal life. You see, when you're dying, I've met with a couple of men recently who have felt like they're dying. They haven't literally, not feeling like they're dying, but felt like in their heart they are dying. And they're on their knees before God saying, please God, help me, I need you. This is enough now, I've had enough. When you're in that place, when you're dying, you need a gift. You need somebody to give you something that's unrepayable. You don't need a loan. You need a gift. You need somebody to give you something that you can't pay for. You haven't got the money to pay for. But even if you could, it's, it's, a, it's an impossible thing to give. It, you, got, you need a gift. And in this text, he says this, for those that are dying, I've got eternal life. Eternal life. And when you think of eternal life, it's not just the length of life. When, you, when we often think of eternal, you think, well, oh, it's eternal. It's like goes on forever. It is that. But it's more than that. Eternal life is not just a quantity of life. It's a quality of life. And God promises us that He will give us a gift in His Son, if we believe in Him, that will not just be life eternal in quantity, but life profound in quality. It's the kind of life that would have existed before sin entered the world. 
It's this kind of God life. In fact, that word eternal life literally means the life of the world to come. It's a life you can't experience on this side of eternity without Jesus. It's the kind of life that you get that we will have one day in eternity with Him. But we get to enjoy it. We don't have to wait to die to get it. We get it now on this side of death. It's a gift of God. Eternal life. If you feel like you're dying, if you, if you feel like you've turned everywhere and nothing is helping and you've reached your bottom, I want to tell you that there's a Father in heaven. The reason why we know He's a Father is because He gave a Son who wants to give you a gift of eternal life. Eternal life. Infinite life. Immortal life. Ultimately, that life will be immortal. It's a profound gift of God. Everybody on this planet, every business in the health industry is trying to find a way to live forever. They can't, they, so they're just trying to make us live longer. But if you could find a way to package eternal life, you become the wealthiest person on the planet. Fortunately, it's given as a gift from the Father and the Son. And those who put their trust in Him receive it now in this life. John 5 verse 24 says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes Him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. Now you've really crossed over from death to life. The second thing that is a gift to us talking about this gift of God, is the motive of God from this passage is love. The motive of God is not judgment and punishment. For God so loved the world. You look at the world and you think, how can anybody love the world in its present state? God does. God sees everything God knows everything, but His word to us is, I so loved this world that I sent my Son. The motive of God is love. When we reach our worst, when we reach our bottom, when we think we can't go any lower, and you think you deserve the judgment and the punishment of God, God meets us with His love. See, judgment and punishment doesn't change the world. Love does. And God says, I love the world. So He acted in sending His Son. And today we celebrate the day when the form, when God sent His Son in the form of a baby, 
in the humble form of a baby that wasn't born in a palace, but was born in a stable. Was born in very humble circumstances because he wanted to identify with the most humble person. He wanted to identify with every single person on the planet. He wanted to let every single person on the planet know that I love you. That's why I've sent him. We get this gift of Jesus today because the Father loves us. For God so loved the world, he gave. This love is unfathomably deep that he gave up his son. Somebody that was sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven that should be there ruling from the throne. He gives him up to say, he will be, he will come, he will, I will send him, he will go, but he will not just go, he will die for you. That is my love. That's how much I love the world. It's not only that deep, it's all inclusive. It's all inclusive. God loves the world. You know God loves the sinner. Doesn't judge the sinner. The way to reach the sinner, the way to reach somebody that is blaspheming God is through love. And when the love of God touches people's heart, it changes their lives. Because you see, when eternal life touches somebody's life, when eternal life touches perishing lives, it changes lives. When eternal life touches dying lives, desperate lives, it changes lives. And God knows that. And so he sends his son so that his love through his son would touch our lives. It's all-inclusive. The worst thing that the church can be towards the world is judgmental. Somehow, somehow in God, you've got to love the world. You've got to love the world without being part of the world. You've got to love the world and bring the love of God to people in this time. When you're sitting around the table with your friends and family and they don't know Jesus, it's not the time to Bible bash them. It's not the time to beat them over their head with your scriptures. It's the time to love them. So that the love of the Father through the Son may enter their life, through you. Speak life over them. God will reach them in the midst of their darkness, the light will come. This is what this text is talking about. The third thing is this. Remember, the first thing is the mission of God is a gift of eternal life. The second thing is the motive of God is love. The third thing is the message of God is Jesus. The message of God, the word of God to us, is in His Son. God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. 
One and only means unique. None like him. Nobody else like Jesus. The Son is the exact representation of the Father. If you want to know what God's like, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God would do in something, look at Jesus. He sends His Son to love the world. A father sends his son. It's like the father gives of himself in love so that the world would know his love. The love of God in the son. God's message to the world at this time is Jesus. Is Jesus. In Jesus, we see the love of God. In Jesus, we see the character of God. In Jesus, we see the heart of God. People want to know what God's like. Just read some of the Gospels. Read the Gospels. You'll see what Jesus, what God's like when you see what Jesus does and how he acts. He's kind and he's generous. I love those two words. God gave. Love, God, love gives. You can't disconnect generosity from love. You can't connect, disconnect kindness from the goodness of God. I always say this. The kindness of God is the goodness of God in action. Somebody that's kind. Goodness of, the goodness of God is just like a big, big theological term, the goodness of God. But the kindness of God is when the action, the goodness of God comes into somebody's life through an action. In the same way, the generosity of, is the love of God in action. God, so lo God loved, He gave. Because God loved, He gave. It's the heart of God. This gospel, friends, this message of God in Christ is the kindness of God and the generosity of God expressed in the person of Jesus Christ. And he is the exact picture of that. Generous with everything that he is. Not just money I'm talking about. I'm talking about in his words, in his person, in his time, in everything that he's a generous person. But he's not just a generous person, he's a kind person. Expresses the goodness of God perfectly and expresses the love of God perfectly. In the person of Jesus. And fourthly, the means of God is faith. The means of God is faith. The mission of God is the gift of eternal life. The motive of God is love. On this day, in sending Christ, the motive of God is love. The message of God is the baby Christ that will grow up to be the Christ that dies on the cross for the forgiveness of sin. So that all would enter the kingdom of God now. That all would receive eternal life now, made ready for the day when we meet him face to face and have eternal life in its fullness. The message of God is Jesus, and the means of God is faith. He says this, I'm going to give you my son, but you've got to believe in him. You've got to put your faith in him. 
Now, that word believe doesn't mean like you are believe in Jesus. It, it means to so believe that you act on it. It, it means to receive Jesus. It means to take hold of Jesus. It means to make him part of your life. Not just on a Sunday, but all of our life. Put one's faith and trust in Jesus. The way we come into this eternal life is to put our faith in Jesus. To do that, we've got to surrender to all our clever ideas. We've got to surrender to all our, surrender all our thinking around how we can best know love and to best change the world and to best find eternal life and to best find the goodness of life and all those sorts of things. Friends, there is no other way. There is no other way to eternal life except through the Son. The Father gives Him generously and kindly to us. We've just got to put our faith in Him. Whoever takes the Son gets everything of the Father's. That's the message of the Gospel. The Father says, I've made a way to generously, through love, give you my Son so that you may enjoy eternal life Life abundant. Scriptures are full of this language. I want to end with a story that I've read quite often in different contexts. A wealthy man and his son loved to collect rare artworks. They had everything in their collection from Picasso to Raphael. They'd often sit together and admire great works of art. When the Vietnam conflict broke out, the son went to war. He was very courageous and died in battle while rescuing another soldier. His father was notified and grieved deeply for his only son. But a month later, just before Christmas, there was a knock at the door. A young man stood at the door with a large package in his hands. He said, sir, you don't know me, but I'm the soldier whom your son gave his life, for whom his, your son gave his life. He saved many lives that day. And he was carrying me to safety when a bullet struck him in the heart, and he died instantly. He would often talk about you and your love for art. The young man held out, his, held out this package. I know this isn't much. I'm not really a great artist, but I think your son would have wanted you to have this. The father opened the package. It was a portrait of his son painted by the young man. He stared in awe at the, at the way the soldier had captured the personality of his son in the painting. The father was drawn to the, to the eyes that his own eyes welled up with tears. He thanked the young man and offered to pay him for the picture. Oh no, sir, I could never repay what your son did for me. It's a gift. The father hung the portrait over his mantle. Every time visitors came to his home, he took them to see the portrait of his son before he showed them any of his other great artworks. The man died a few months later. There was to be a great auction of his paintings. Many influential people gathered, excited over seeing the great paintings and having the opportunity to purchase one for their collection. 
On the platform sat the painting of his son. The auctioneer pounded the gavel. We'll start the bidding with this picture of the son. Who will bid for this picture? There was silence. Then a voice in the back of the room shouted, We want to see the famous painting. Skip this one. But the auctioneer persisted. Will somebody bid for this painting? Who will start bidding? $100? Another voice angrily shouted, We didn't come to see this painting. We came to see the Van Goghs and the Rembrandts. Get on with the bids. But still the auctioneer continued, The sun, the sun, who will take the sun? Finally, a voice came from the very back of the room. It was a long-time gardener of the man and his son. I'll give you $10 for the painting. Being a poor man, it was all he could afford. We have $10. Who will bid 20 Give it to him for 10 Let's see the masters, someone shouted. $10 is the bid. Won't somebody bid 20 The crowd became angry. They didn't want the picture of the sun. They wanted the more worthy investments for their collections. The auctioneer pounded the gavel, going once, going twice, sold for $10. The man sitting in the second row shouted, now let's get on with the collection. The auctioneer auctioneer laid down his gavel. I'm sorry, the auction's over. What about the paintings? I'm sorry, when I was called to conduct this auction, I was told of a secret stipulation in the will. I was not allowed to reveal that stipulation until this time. Only the painting of the sun would be auctioned. Whoever bought the painting would inherit the entire estate, including the paintings. The person who took the sun gets everything. That's the gift of God. Whoever takes the sun, gets everything. Our inheritance, friends, is wound up in the Father's heart, is unlocked through the Son to the sons and daughters of God. And when we take Him, when we put our trust in Him, when we believe in Him, we get everything. The Bible says, though you die, you will surely live. He who has the Son has life, 1 John chapter 5 says. John 5 verse 40 says this, My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on that last day. Today, friends, we celebrate the day that the Father gave us an incredible gift of His Son. The baby Jesus, who would grow up at the age of 33-odd years old and give His life as a ransom for the whole earth, that whoever would see Him as He was lifted up and put their faith in Him would get the inheritance of the Father. If you've never done that today, if you've never done this until this day, you need to do it. It might just look like a $10 painting, but I tell you what, 
He carries the heart of the Father. He might just look like an ordinary human being that died on a cross amongst criminals. But he carries the love of the Father. He carries the mission of God. He carries the message of God. He carries the love of God. And when you put your faith in him, you get everything. Everything that you need for this life and the next. If that's you, you need to call out to Jesus today. It's very simple. Very simple. Jesus, I put my faith in you. Thank you for your finished work. Thank you for forgiveness, forgiveness of every sin, past, present, and future. Thank you for the guilt-free, shame-free life you've called me to live. Even though I'm not perfect, even though I'm not what I should be, even though I'm not what I could be, Jesus, you looked down and you've called me to be with you. And you call on his name, and he will save you. In a moment, eternal life becomes yours, and your life begins to change and transform. That's the gift of Christmas. It's a whole lot less about Magi, and it's a whole lot less about St. Nicholas. It's more about the Father giving the gift of the Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys.